0: beat think radio this is next stop mississippi i'm mary margaret miller of visit mississippi joined today by jay white we'll make multiple stops within our eventful state today first up is indianola where bb king's homecoming concert is taking place this saturday with dorothy moore headlining also craft beer will get its shine in hattiesburg saturday Mississippi's Bicentennial is in full swing as the Mississippi Museum of Art celebrates with Home and Away on the Road with Marie Hall. We'll find out about the popular Blueberry Jubilee in Poplarville and the story behind Juneteenth Family Fun Festival in Horn Lake. Any local events you want to share, call 877 MPB ring and we'll be right back after the news.
1: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.
0: Welcome back to Next Stop Mississippi. I'm Mary Margaret Miller of Visit Mississippi, joined today by MPB's Jay White. We've got lots of great events to share with you today. If you like craft beer, there's a whole festival in Hattiesburg on Saturday. We'll find out how Home and Away on the Road with Marie Hall ties into Mississippi's Bicentennial. And Poplarville is hosting its popular Blueberry Jubilee. And we'll learn the story behind the Juneteenth Family Fun Festival in Horn Lake. Good morning, Jay. How are you? morning. How are you? I'm great. It's great to uh, be here. Good to be back in the studio with you. Yeah,
2: I, I always love this. I'm a I'm a, a native and a lifelong Mississippian, so I love to come in and talk about all the different places. I encourage all our hosts when we have calls, I'm like, say the county, say the county too. When, we, when you know, somebody calls from Pontotoc, probably not the best example, but like uh, Ocean Springs, I'm like, say Jackson County. Makes right. Everybody, makes everybody feel good.
0: You yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Well, uh, This is a
2: chance to, like, try to be all showy-offy about, like, what, you know, different places in the state that yeah, you know or, about. Yeah, or so. your
0: knowledge of geography, Mississippi geography. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I do when I'm, like, trying to pay attention <laughs> to a conference and I'm not quite doing it. I'll list the counties, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, can, I can do pretty good, but I always kind of miss one here and there. I'm,
2: I'm okay. I, I, I try to play the game where you name a county of every letter, and I'm, I'm there's not quite all of the letters are covered in Mississippi, but many of them are. So
0: yeah, that's true.
2: We have some crazy names.
0: That's right. Well, um, I was in Cleveland, Mississippi yesterday uh, over there for a wonderful gathering uh, put on by the Mississippi Heritage Trust. They had a cultural tourism summit, if you will. They're still at it today, taking tours both archaeological and architectural throughout the Delta today. But it was such a cool um, day spent in Cleveland. I did have to get up at like 5 o'clock in the morning <laughs> to get there on time. So, uh, you know, that that was okay. But um, I enjoyed the day got to uh, share the podium with um, our old friend Malcolm White um, there were wonderful presentations by the Mississippi Department of Archives and History on their mound trail and um, Oh, yeah, and our friend Sarah McEwen over at the Mississippi River Basin model in Clinton came and did this just crazy presentation with all these beautiful images. So lots of good things happening there, but glad to be back That's in Jackson. That's an amazing
2: thing that not a lot of people know about.
0: It's true. Uh, look the scale model yeah. of the
2: Mississippi River.
0: Friends of the Mississippi River Basin. It's incredible uh, what began as an engineering project and what they're really trying to make as more of a public access, public park. So yeah. uh, very cool, very cool. Um, our first guest uh, is calling in today from Indianola. Um, we've got my good buddy Robert Terrell on the phone. He's going to tell us a little bit about BB King's homecoming concert uh, taking place this Saturday with the wonderful Dorothy Moore. Uh, welcome, Robert.
3: Good morning.
0: How are things in Indianola today?
3: Things in Indianola are just wonderful. It's <laughs> nice sunny, nice little breeze. So we're doing pretty good over this way. How are you guys?
0: We're doing great. Now, Robert, you've got a lot uh, happening this weekend as part of your B.B. Uh, King homecoming celebration. Tell us a little bit about what's going on at the B.B. King Museum today.
3: Well, today at 5 o'clock, we have Miss Dorothy Moore, Mr. Blue, I'm coming in to do a meet and greet with her fans at the museum. And that's from 5 o'clock until 6. And then tomorrow, we have the big day at Club Ebony. We'll be doing Club Ebony event starting at 9 o'clock. The doors open at 8 Dorothy will be doing a tribute to the king, and it's going to be a wonderful time. If you don't have your tickets, you need to get them.
4: Yeah, so
0: I'm going to back you up a little bit, Robert. For our guests out there who may not be familiar with Club Ebony, if you've lived in Mississippi for any amount of time, you know, most of us do, but talk a little bit about Club Ebony and about the history of that place and how you're involved with it now.
3: Well, Club Ebony is a historical place that was used as part of the children's circuit back in the 40s and 50s, 60s all the way up until um, the end of the children Circus, basically. Uh, it was built by a, name, a man named John Jones, and he purchased the property in 1945. It opened in 1948, and it's actually been continuously running ever since then. In 1956, well, actually, John Jones passed away in 1950, so the man with the vision and the dream to do this place didn't get a chance to live long enough to see it really flourish. Wow. But his idea to bring entertainment into a small city like this was really just a wonderful idea. Uh, in 1956, there was another lady who came to operate the place after he passed away, and her name was Ruby Edwards. Now, that tied Bibi to the place because he met her daughter, Sue, and eventually got married to Sue. Oh, and wow. his second wife there, and, um, you know, here, here is Bibi. you know? So now, after Sue's and B.B. divorced in 1969. Uh, the, other, the place was ran by several other people in the midst of that. But then in 1974, Mary Shepard came in. And, uh, you know, Mary Shepard was named the queen of the Jew by the governor of the state of Mississippi in 2008 before she retired. But she continued to operate the place for 34 years. One of the things that she's credited for doing is calling B.B. and saying, hey, Mr. King, you haven't been home. So he started coming back home, and he's played in that place for 30 some years straight, 34 years when she was there. And in addition to playing since the museum owned it. Now, in 2008, she got ready to retire. And upon her retirement, BB didn't want to see the place closed because of you know, the history of it. And um, he purchased it, operated it with a local company from 2008 into 2012, and then he donated it to the museum. And that's where we come in. So now we have this historical place that we operate on a daily. You know, um, we initially started out doing four nights of the week, and now we are doing an every Thursday uh, event. And this is a place that B.B. played in every year for his homecoming. And so we are really so excited about being able to do this thing to honor him again this year.
0: Wow. Yeah. What a history! What a history! Now, I, I do associate Club Ebony with Mary Shepard, and she was a, a, is a wonderful woman. You know, always a big presence in the room. Um, uh, you know, with 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 a place like Club Ebony that started with the Chitlin Circuit, you know, which was really a, a circuit for blues and African American performers. Um, what kind of acts are you bringing in today, Robert?
3: Well, today we have uh, a lot of local guys. We do a lot of local acts uh, on Thursdays. We open with live entertainment and the majority of the time is someone from local we have a guy from something a band from cleveland or a band from greenville or a band from indianola we just have guys that, that are local guys coming around and just playing and enjoying themselves uh periodically we will bring in somebody from the outside but for the most part we're using it now for the local guys
0: well and the baby king homecoming concert which you've got uh tomorrow night starting at eight at club ebony with dorothy moore was originally a big festival. BB would come home for the festival, and then he'd play this late night gig at Club Ebony. So I know a lot of people have strong memories about you know their experiences there, hearing BB play in that in his home club.
3: Yeah, a lot of people really enjoyed that, and uh, you know the place would be so packed you could barely move around when BB was there, and we were really expecting the same thing. On um, last year was the first year that BB did not come back to play in it, and the, in the uh, club. But uh, we had a wonderful event last year, and we're going to continue to carry that legacy forward. So we're expecting the same thing this year. Come into the club, the energy will be the same. Of course, it won't be with B.B., but his spirit is there. Uh, and we're just going to have a good time and honor him, just continue to honor him from now on until I can't breathe.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> now, um, you we've talked a lot about Club Ebony, but do tell our listeners a little bit about what you've got going on at the museum. Are you guys going to be open this weekend? Uh, Tell us, um, you know how to how to come out there and, and see that amazing space.
3: Well, we are actually open seven days a week. Uh, wow! We're open from yeah, from Monday through Saturday, from ten a.m. to five for tours, and on Sunday we are open from twelve noon until five p.m. We have a wonderful exhibit. I mean, our exhibit um, chronicles the life of BB King and it interprets the Delta. So a lot of people miss that Delta interpretive part. Uh, when you start to get into the Delta Interpretive part, you'll start to get a lot of these civil rights. And uh, it's just a wonderful location. What was added to us in 2015 after BB made his transition, we now have BB's burial place here. So his final resting place is right on the property. And we're in the midst of doing a an expansion uh, to tell the rest of his story. Mm-hmm. And also building the Memorial Courtyard, which is his final resting place. So and come on out. We, we're here every day. Uh, we welcome you, and if you come in and uh, it's late, don't worry. We'll wait for you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's some Delta hospitality right there. You know? Now, uh, Robert, um, tell us about where we can go get tickets, where we can learn more about uh, Saturday's concert. And this meet-and-greet this afternoon at 5 at the museum, is that free, or do I need to sign that's up for it?
3: Charge. No, that's free of charge. All you have to do is come. Our daughter will be here with her arms open waiting to greet her fans. So come on out with your cameras if you want to get your CD signed. Just come on out and have a good time with her. She's really open to meeting the people.
0: Okay, great. Uh, And and
3: come out, that's free of charge. And like I said, it starts at uh, 5 o'clock from 5 to 6. And if you want tickets for the event tomorrow night, they are still available. You can go to our website at www.bbkingmuseum.org in order, or you can just come to the door. If you come to the door, I'm sure we'll have uh, seats.
0: yeah, we'll make some room. That's right. Yeah,
3: we always make room. That's the thing about the Delta. You know, we'll put you a chair in the corner somewhere or whatever you need. You know, we'll make it work.
0: <laughs> well, uh, good luck this weekend. Sure wish we could be there to join you, but I know it'll be a great crowd, and Dorothy Moore is just always a wonderful performer. So, Robert, thanks for all you're doing. Uh, we'll take a quick break, and then it's all about craft beer in Hattiesburg. Any local events you want to share, call 877-MPB-RING. This is Next Stop Mississippi, and we'll be right back.
5: want to listen, when I'm talking to you, you think you're do, baby? anything you want to do, better be crazy, baby, what's going to be out of your mind, Rumors well, as I'm paying the bill, payin the car, paying the car, I'll drink it I water, to play a little poker too. I don't want to say nothing as long as I'm taking care of you. As long as I'm working, baby,
1: as long as I'm paying the bills, I don't want those mouths of you. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.
0: Welcome back. I'm Mary Margaret Miller of Visit Mississippi, joined today by MPB's Jay White. And we've also got a, a friend of Next Stop Mississippi in the studio with us, Julian Rankin with the Mississippi Museum of Art. Welcome, Julian.
6: Good to be here. You know, we we're going to talk about some museum stuff, but I just like to pop in and surprise y'all every now and again. I can't help but talk about Mississippi, so I'm, I'm liking it.
0: <laughs> yeah, Julian, you're always a welcome guest because I think you're in the road almost as much as uh, as some of us over here at the tourism office.
6: I try. You know, my, I definitely could put a lot of miles on the little car. But I was in the Delta in Cleveland as well at a different event, but got to see uh, it's great to see the activity, different cultural events going on in proximity to each other. I really love when that happens.
0: Yeah. You know, um, I I always say that like uh, June, April, October, I feel like those are like the prime months for activity in Mississippi. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I have like seven things I want to do next Saturday. So uh, it just all (laughs) seems to pile up like that
2: yeah it seems like yeah they always uh for some reason there's there's a handful of weekends over the over the course of the year where maybe it's the best weather the best predictable weather where a bunch of different towns Pile their, their premier event all into one weekend. Of course, they don't ask each other. So
0: <laughs> <laughs> We're working on that. We're right. working on that. Um, well, uh, we're going to uh, travel down the road a little bit to Hattiesburg. Craft Beer is going to get its shine this Saturday during the Hattiesburg Craft Beer Festival. We've got Marlo Dorsey on the line as well as Andrea Sappel. Uh Welcome, ladies, uh, to Next Stop Mississippi. Oh. Uh, Marlo, Andrea, welcome to Next Stop
7: morning. Good morning. Thanks for having us today.
0: Well, we are really glad uh, to hear uh, a little more about the fifth annual Hattiesburg Craft Beer Festival. Uh, tell us how this thing got started.
8: Well, um, we started the event about five years ago in downtown as part of Festival South, but also um, as a way to kind of highlight our growing craft beer industry in Hattiesburg. Yeah, the, uh SoPro Brewery is located in downtown, and they were just getting started in craft brewery is craft brewing is it's an art form in and of itself so we thought it was a great fit with festival
4: south
0: well that's great and i love that you have it in your downtown area beautiful downtown you've got there in hattiesburg tell us um a little bit about festival south for those um of our listeners that may not be familiar
7: absolutely andrea so festival south is a very unique event um it is more than two weeks of jam-packed events put together that cover various genres of art So you may see some celebration of the visual arts. You may see performing arts. Um, Lots of different things going on. Just a couple highlights on that. We had a great uh, weekend last weekend with James and the Giant Peach. We've had an annual daylily show. We've had string quartets. We've had a Best of the Pine Belt award show. We have had children's novelists come in. We have had a great film offering and showing today. We actually have a an artist from new york city who will be showcasing some subway doodle art and showing what he can do to put his spin on some hattiesburg monuments and um landmarks in the community so we're really looking forward to that Um, we also have puppets of course and we're celebrating jim henson and everything that he's contributed you know to the arts and it is the mississippi bicentennial so it's a great way to tie into that too So lots of really great things going on. We've gotten a lot of feedback on it. FestivalSouth.org has all the details, and it's not too late to learn more.
0: That's great. Now, with the Hattiesburg uh, Craft Beer Festival, you do things a little differently than maybe um, other craft beer festivals because you've got this angle that includes local food and sort of local attractions. Tell us a little bit about how you do that.
8: Well, we really wanted to tie in um, with – Mississippi food and the culinary, and really kind of expand on uh, the culinary and the music scene and the live music. So in our VIP room, we're going to have uh, food from Th- uh, Thirsty Hippo, The Porter, our, one of our newest restaurants to open in downtown is the Black Sheep's Cafe, we'll have Bianchi's Pizzeria, and we're kind of unveiling, we've got a new business coming to downtown, it's Murky Waters Barbecue and Blues. Um, this will be their third location in Mississippi. So, um, we're excited to kind of give a preview of them. Um, yep, tr- just trying to showcase the food and its pairings with different craft beers.
0: Well, and when you say VIP, it's not, this is not just your little list of your favorite people and best friends. You can yeah. purchase a VIP uh, ticket to the event. So really Absolutely. anyone can participate.
8: Absolutely. Anybody. The um, general admission tickets to the event are $35. That gets you in the gate at five o'clock. Um, but for a little bit extra, you can purchase a VIP ticket, which gets you in an hour early and gives you access to the VIP room. Now, general admission, you can taste all the same beers and go around and, and it's, it's sampling. Um, but with the VIP, it just gives them a, little, a little something extra where they've got food allowed or food available as well.
0: So I know you're going to have a lot of wonderful uh, Mississippi uh, beers on tap. You've got, I think, 13 Mississippi breweries represented. Um, I know we're going to get to drink the beer, but are we going to get to really meet the people, hear the stories behind the beer?
8: Absolutely, absolutely. Particularly with the Mississippi brewers, um, most of the distributors and the breweries will have some kind of representation there, somebody there. Um, Not all of the breweries um, out there, in other parts of the country, are necessarily going to have a representative there, but all of the Mississippi brewers will have a representative there. And it is—it's neat to be able to sit there and talk to them, and you know they're excited and they're passionate about what they do, and they—they they want people to understand. So I, I want people to know too that this event is not for the true, just the true beer connoisseurs. If you're even remotely interested, or just looking for something interesting to go do, because. Um, yeah, you know, I was not a beer connoisseur to begin with at all, but it's neat to be able to go around and you talk to the people and you really understand the difference between you know, a Pilsner and a hefeweizen and um, all the different types of beer and how they're made and why they're different and you know, what the different components are. I mean, it really, it's, it's a true art form and it's really, really cool and unique to be able to talk to these people one-on-one.
0: Well, and I see that you also have some uh, programming in place that features homebrew, so talk a little bit about why that's an important element of your festival.
8: Well, you know, truly, most craft brewers started out as homebrewers, so um, you know, it's a small component because Hattiesburg does have its very own homebrew competition that we do with keg and barrel at, at a different part of the year. But so we wanted to give the opportunity for certain home brewers you know, that were interested in to be a part of it, and so that people can, again, kind of see the genesis of where it comes from and how it gets started, and talk to those home brewers, because you want to talk about some really passionate people, <laughs> they're passionate about what they do, because uh, they're not making money doing it, you know they're, they're just getting started.
0: Well, and I feel like you guys have thought of everything. You've even really arranged rides for your festival goers.
8: Absolutely, we think you know, uh, being smart about you know, and being conscientious of not drinking and driving. You know, we've got
1: um, uh, designated driver <laughs> tickets available,
8: um, and we highly encourage that. If you if if you can't find somebody who doesn't want to drink, we we've got a partnership with Grove right now. Um, we also have the Hattiesburg trolley that will be running throughout the festival, um, taking people connecting to other parts of the city. Um, to get a free ride home, or you can go through a Grove ride now um, and uh, have them pick you up and drop you off and pick you back up.
0: Well, that's wonderful. And, Andrea, I know that you and your organization have done a lot in uh, recent um, years, months, to make downtown Hattiesburg much more parking friendly, much more user friendly, and uh, really excited for folks from around the state to get down there and enjoy downtown Hattiesburg.
8: Thank you so much. Yeah, you know, we're excited because this will be the first year that we're, we've moved away from the train depot. We outgrew our venue at the train depot and have moved it to Town Square Park, which is, you know, just a hop, skip and jump away from where it was. Um, but with the hopes that, you know, it opens up a little bit more parking, it's a little bit more walking friendly, um, closer to the neighborhoods. And so there's more options, I think, and um, I think it's going to be a neat new twist on it.
0: Well, that's great and um if folks want to learn a little bit more, they can go to hadtiessburg dot com uh the event is this saturday um uh the tenth of June from five to eight p m um v i p entry starts at four and uh thank you
4: ladies, so much
0: for being on the show
4: thank you thank you so much for having us.
0: All right. So uh, Mississippi's Bicentennial um, is moving right along, and the Mississippi Museum of Art is doing a lot to celebrate this. And I've got my good buddy Julian Rankin in the studio today to tell us a little bit more.
6: Totally. And you know, when we were just talking about craft beer and and talking about the art of it, I think it's a good segue into this, because especially with Mississippi craft beer, you know, I live next to a, a, who will remain unnamed, but a craft beer representative uh, for one of the distributors, who's a really great guy. But just hearing about the way that these mississippi breweries have put all their passion into it and just like an artwork you know it's one thing to see the visual or in the beer the case the beer to taste it but when you know the story behind it the people behind it uh, so much more meaning and i think that the stories that we have in our in our artworks are really what what this is about for us and i think that that permeates through all of mississippi's interdisciplinary creativity so with that being said you know we're We've got a lot of plans for the bicentennial. One uh, thing that's going right now, one of our big initiatives is called Art Across Mississippi. It's 12 exhibitions, 12 communities. And so that started last month in May. Essentially, it's every single month. There's 12 staggered exhibitions all over the state in 12 different towns, 12 host venues, museums and libraries and community centers. And we're sharing artwork from our collection, the museum's roughly 6,000 work collection. We're sharing uh, little curated shows about different slices, different pieces of Mississippi art history. So as I mentioned, I was in Cleveland uh, last night. uh, The Heritage Trust thing was going on, and over at Delta State, we had the opening of the second of these 12 exhibitions at the Fielding Wright Art Center um, at Delta State, and that was the Marie Hull show you alluded to, which you know, Mississippi master Marie Hull, uh, the late great matriarch and some would say of Mississippi art. We we've sent along a, a group of sketchbooks, some pages from her sketchbooks, from all her travels across the world and across the country that the museum was fortunate to to obtain uh, after her death. And and last year, about two years ago, we went through these sketchbooks. No one had cataloged them. We unearthed all these great facts about her and stories. And so that's what we were able to share uh, with Delta State right now. And that exhibition is is up through July 27th. So we just keep rolling one after the other.
0: Well, and, and you know, uh, about this uh, Marie Hull exhibit at Delta State, it, it's kind of interesting to me because I, I read where, you know, she you've got these, I think it's about 67 of these sketches that you've unearthed. I mean, that's an incredible amount of artwork. And then in the same breath, Marie Hull donated um, a large amount of work to Delta State.
6: Yeah, that's right. You know, she, uh, she she's a Jackson. She from, kind of lived in Jackson, born in Summit. And as she was moving around the state and, and beyond, she kept making connections with all these Mississippi artists. This was at a time in Mississippi art where, you know, we were just getting institutions of art. She was part of the group that helped fund. And established the precursor to the Museum of Art actually in nineteen eleven, so which is way back when. Um and, and yes, yeah, so she she really developed a great relationship with Malcolm Norwood, who was the chair ah. of the, the art department at Delta State. Um and, and she gave seventy-five works, as you alluded to, to their collection and started their collection. So these are things she painted, but also some some Bucci's and some other things that she had. And so there's a great, you know, connection everywhere you go, even though Marie Hall wasn't from the Delta, lo and behold she's, she's connected there too so we, we had some great stories um, Malcolm Norwood's son was there last night and we were reminiscing about You know, them finding works in their attic uh, after their father's passing of that he'd had of Marie Holes and trying to figure out who gets this wonderful Colorado painting. Do I get it or does my sister get it? Let's (laughs) we got to figure this out. So I think uh, just hearing those stories, like I said, behind the art is really what it's all about. And this bicentennial for us, the museum, you know, art across Mississippi, as I mentioned, all over the state It's us sharing work out from our museum. And then in December, it's the second kind of companion piece to our big celebration and commemoration It's a huge exhibition here at the Museum in Jackson called Picturing Mississippi, Land of Plenty, Pain, and Promise. Wow. And we're endeavoring there, not from our collection, but from the collections of all over the country to bring back really as much Mississippi art or art about Mississippi, I should say, that's ever been assembled to our knowledge in the history of man. Is that epic enough?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so let me back you up, though. You say art about Mississippi. So we're not just talking about um, like the, the... uh, what you're traveling right now across the state is is particularly Mississippi artist, uh, but your exhibition in December will include artists um, who have, um, sure, yeah, been inspired by Mississippi.
6: The 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 approach of picturing Mississippi. If you think about 200 years of this state, as I mentioned with Marie Hall, we didn't have an established kind of up and running art world here in Mississippi. In 1817, of course, we were we didn't have the delta land that was still swamps. There was a lot of historical uh, baggage to that and just work, things to work through, the progress of time. So some of the early pieces that we'll have in this show is how... Mississippi was depicted from Europe when they were trying to sell plots in Biloxi to people, for example. So sketches that people were essentially using as marketing campaigns to go to Mississippi. Um, That runs all up. And there will be, of course, there's some great Mississippi artists. A few things from our collection, but we also wanted to bring back, you know, work from these Mississippi artists that may have been sold uh, to a collector elsewhere. A great example of that is a piece by Mildred Wolfe. Um, of Eudora Welty that hangs in the National Portrait Gallery at the Smithsonian. So she painted this in 1988 and promptly sent it away to the National Portrait Gallery, who would love to have it, obviously, and they they hung it up, a really w- lovely portrait, but it's never been shown here in the state. And so you've got this really emblematic piece where Welty and and Wolf collaborated together to sell this piece and to make to commission this piece for the National Portrait Gallery, but yet Jackson, where they both lived and worked, it's never been on view here. So that's one piece. But also, you know, Basquiat, who just had a piece sell for $125 million. At, oh, I did not at, know. Oh, mm-hmm. um, he, a lot of his uh, Subject matter was exploring, you know, identity and race and the values and the Mississippi River. And because of the river, you know, Mississippi has a connotation and a resonance really around the world. If you say right. the word Mississippi, um, it means very different, different things to people, for, certainly, um, but it means something. And so we're, we're exploring all that, the plenty, the pain, the promise. We're not shying away from the complicated things, but we're trying to give a holistic view of, how Mississippi, both from homegrown artists, but also just from the creativity that's emanated from this place and the stories that's em- that have emanated from this place, have really kind of dictated and and contributed to the American narrative and the international narrative about what it means. Again, getting really epic, what it means to be to be human. What does time mean in, in Mississippi? So much has changed over over the last two centuries. Uh, so much will change. So I think the bicentennial crossroads, this kind of symbol of. We've been we've been here for 200 years as a as a state. We're going forward. Let's let's take a moment as a community to see what's what's been of Mississippi, what we have done, what we have needed to do more, uh, and let's let's come together and, and prepare ourselves to move forward.
0: That's wonderful. Now, uh, the Marie Hull exhibit, Home and Away, is going to be up through July, I believe, uh, there in Cleveland at the Fielding L Wright Art Center. Where is the next stop for uh, your 12 communities? Uh- art across mississippi project
6: so the next opening is in charleston mississippi and that's actually next friday um so there's an opening reception at the charleston art center friday uh that, it's next friday i believe that's the 16th uh 6 to 8 p.m and that exhibition is called narratives of the land and so all this stuff you can find on our website um, msmuseumart.org every one of these 12 exhibitions has an opening reception everyone will be up for six to eight weeks so you'll have a chance to see it and then in December 9th is when we bring Picturing Mississippi to the Museum of Art in Jackson. So that's the, the, really the scope of what we're trying to do. And there's so many opportunities just to get together and, and really appreciate what it means to be a Mississippian.
0: Well, thank you so much, Julian, for this good work you're doing and for sharing the collection all throughout the state. It's very exciting. Uh, We heard from our friends over at the Hattiesburg Craft Beer Festival. That's taking place tomorrow, Saturday, uh, in the afternoon. Up next, we've got uh, the Poplarville Blueberry Festival. So uh, hang on, and uh, we'll be right back after this break. Back to next stop, Mississippi. Wow, little fats, Domino Blueberry Hill. Thank you, Java. That's that gets me in a Friday mood. I don't know about you, Jay.
2: Absolutely, that's that's one of the all time jams, right there.
0: <laughs> and he's
2: thinking on his feet, ties into one of our events here that we're talking about. This
0: yeah, week. that's exactly right. Um, on the line now, we've got Tammy Kreutzfeldt. She's here to tell us a little bit more about the Blueberry Jubilee in Poplarville. Welcome, Tammy. Well, thank you for having me this morning. I appreciate it. Well, it is our pleasure to learn more about Blueberry Jubilee. This event's been happening for quite a long time, so tell us a bit about the history and how it ties to Pearl River County.
4: Well, in 1983, uh, two ladies got together, and they were with the Homemakers Association, and they said, well, we need something to promote uh, Pearl River County, because the tongue industry had been dead for many years after Hurricane Katrina. And blueberries was the new industry that was up and coming. Wait, so which, they, uh, which industry did you say died? Tongue industry, the tongue nut industry.
0: Oh, wow. I don't know
4: anything yeah. about that. Very interesting. Oh, oh, yes. You'll have to check into that. It was great. Um, but anyway, so they chose to do the blueberries and kind of showcase that small little fruit that just grows so great around here in Pearl River County. And so they started with about 17 craft arts and crafts booths and a lot of blueberry products, and they had that on the courthouse lawn. And from there, it has just grown by leaps and bounds. So this is our 34th Blueberry Jubilee.
0: Wow, that is so exciting. Now, I know you've got, um, like you mentioned, a lot of arts and crafts, but uh, blueberries really are like at the center of this event. It's not just like a sweet name that you have for the event. Uh, Everything really is blueberry.
4: Yes. On our courthouse lawn, it is filled with blueberry products like fresh blueberries. Our local growers bring tons and tons of flats of blueberries. You can go with a small pint or you can get several flats. You can buy some blueberry bushes and grow your own blueberries in a couple of years. You can buy blueberry uh, products that you can taste and eat, or blueberry lemonade, blueberry zucchini bread, all these wonderful things to eat.
0: Well, that is so cool. And and I also read where I think you have a blueberry queen.
4: We do. We held our pageant two weeks ago, and our queen this year is Tatum Davis. And she's going to be a wonderful queen this year. We use our queens all through the year to help promote our county. And so she is ready to preside over all the activities that we have on Saturday.
0: Well, this is a certainly an event that I would classify in that world of, of agritourism. You're really showcasing um, this uh, wonderful fruit that's grown there, that um, is enjoyed by everyone. And one of the, um, the events that you're kind of featuring as part of this weekend is a tour of the USDA Research Center. Can you tell me a little bit more about
4: that? Yes, we have the USDA I, um, and Mississippi State Extension um, Experiment Station here, and it's called the Thag Cochrane small fruit station, and every year we have a wagon that takes you from the Jubilee site over to the uh, station, and they can show you all how the testing is, what they do to help uh, prevent pests, and how they grow huge, wonderful blueberries.
0: That's really neat. Now, I know um, uh, last year, I think it was the first time I'd ever heard the term
4: rabbit-eye blueberries. Yes, that is one of our most popular types of blueberries that you can grow in your own backyard. And you do know you have to have at least two bushes. You can't just have one blueberry bush.
0: No, I did not know that. Uh
2: Oh, there's got to be a story behind that. (laughs)
0: That That's a pollination (laughs) thing, I'm thinking.
4: (laughs) Yes, that's exactly right.
0: (laughs) Now, Tammy, how many folks are you expecting to come out to Poplarville, and what time do you guys get started?
4: Well, we get started at 7.30 in the morning with a 5K run. But if running is not your thing, you can always head over to the Pearl River Drugs Old Fashioned Soda Fountain and eat some blueberry
8: pancakes.
0: (laughs) Oh, wow. The the options, you know, the 5K versus the blueberry pancake.
4: So, And then all day we have the arts and crafts. We have an auto show that has about 100 to 200 cars every year. And we have a puppy pageant, which happens that day, which helps promote our local SPCA. We have the oldest storytelling festival in the United States that runs during this day where you can go sit and cool off, hear some old-fashioned tales that are hysterical or kind of scary sometimes. Then we have the cutest little race going on. It's the baby crawl. (laughs) And that's hysterical because the parents, you know, the one day of the year when they've been trying to get their children to walk, is going to be on Blueberry Jubilee Day, which means... Well, you can't participate in the baby crawl.
0: That is too cute. I've never heard of a baby crawl, but I can only imagine how adorable that is.
4: That's right. And um, every year we expect a lot of people. Before Katrina, we had about 14,000 people come see us. So we've slacked off since then, but we're hoping for a large crowd this year.
0: Well, that's great. And I imagine that this event, especially post-Katrina and that you've continued, um, really means a lot to your community. I mean, sure, you're bringing in visitors, um, but what does it mean to someone like you, a local person?
4: Oh, it's just a way of showing how proud we are of our community. You know, we are about 35 miles south of Hattiesburg on 59. We're 75 miles north of New Orleans and then 45 miles north of Gulfport, and so you can get to any of these communities, but uh, we like everybody to come to us on this one day of the year.
0: Well, that's great. Well, Tammy, is there a place where people can go or a phone number they can call to learn more about tomorrow's activities?
4: You can always check us out on www.blueberryjubilee.org, or you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.
0: Wonderful. Well, thank you so much uh, for calling in today. We really appreciate it. Well, thanks, and I hope you all get to come down. Thank you. Yes, um, I am all about some blueberries. i, I like getting pretty excited about that. Uh, We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to make our last stop in Horn Lake to learn the story behind the Juneteenth Family Fun Festival. So if you've got events happening in your community, and I know you do, please call us and uh, share a bit of information. That number is 877-MPB-RING. And this is Next Stop Mississippi. We'll be right back.
1: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.
0: Welcome back to Next Stop Mississippi. I'm Mary Margaret Miller with Visit Mississippi in studio with MPB's Jay White. We have been all around Mississippi today, my friends. We just left Poplarville where we learned a little bit about the Blueberry Jubilee. There is a craft beer festival happening in Hattiesburg. Dorothy Moore, the wonderful Dorothy Moore, is playing at the legendary club Ebony in Indianola. So lots happening today, uh, including uh, Art Across Mississippi, hosted by the Mississippi Museum of Art. Marie Hull Expo is um, on display now at Delta State University. And then next weekend, um, another exhibit going up in Charleston at the Charleston Arts and Revitalization Efforts Center. That's the CARE Center there in Charleston. Um, Jay. Uh, It's been a good show. I'm getting... um, I I sound like Sharita now. I'm getting a little hungry after that uh, blueberry... Uh, discussion.
2: I mean, what a what a what a decision to put on people. You can either go run and and you know be in good shape, or you can go eat blueberry pancakes.
0: I know. I mean, I, not I much think,
2: of a decision for me personally. I
0: bet if you ran your race quickly enough, you could go have the pancakes afterwards. <laughs> Maybe
2: run to the place where they're making the pancakes. Yeah. knock two birds out with one stone. Yeah,
0: instead of a poker run where you get a card at each stop, <laughs> you could get a pancake or, like she said, blueberry bread, whatever that may be. Uh, well, that's great. Well, we do. Um, we We've got our friend um, Mike Smith on the line. Mike is with uh, the Juneteenth celebration in um, Horn Lake with the North Mississippi Cultural Foundation. Welcome, Mike.
5: Well, thank you so much for having me.
0: Well, the name Juneteenth may not ring a bell to some, but um, we want to make sure that uh, everyone knows a little bit more about that. Can you share a bit about Juneteenth and and its importance?
5: Absolutely. Uh, Of course, Juneteenth is the oldest known Celebration uh, commemorating the end of slavery in the U.S. and has been an African American tradition since the late um, 19th century. And you might say that uh, economic and cultural forces sort of caused a decline in Juneteenth celebrations beginning in the early century. But mm-hmm. uh, the Depression, you might say, forced many uh, blacks off farms into the cities to find work. So in these urban environments, uh... employers were less eager to grant leaves to celebrate this date and so as we look at the of uh, 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 the uh... the juneteenth celebration-like events nationwide not only does it commemorate the end of slavery but to sort of give you a history it was on june the nineteenth in eighteen sixty five that the word of the uh... president then abraham lincoln's emancipation proclamation was issued two years earlier, but family made its way to Galveston, Texas. So if you were to say, if technology was back in that time, you may have said that the people in Galveston did not get the email in a timely fashion.
0: Oh, right. So
5: there, therefore, the reluctant residents were pressed to comply officially by ending slavery in, in, in the parts of the United States, and that was a month after the end of the Civil War. So from that point, the historical... Begins and even today, uh, many uh, cities throughout the continental USA celebrate uh, uh, Juneteenth, and uh, we are looking to do the same thing in Horn Lake uh, tomorrow, Saturday, and this is our fifth annual event. That's sponsored by the North Mississippi Cultural Foundation.
0: Oh, that's great. Great to hear that you're in your fifth year. Now, you were giving us a little bit of the history of Juneteenth, and, and you said, you know, Depression era, you know, there weren't a lot of celebrations, but when would you say that Juneteenth really had a, a rise in being celebrated in the United States?
5: I have to say that uh, the the civil rights movement sort of yielded both positive and negative results of Juneteenth celebrations while uh while it may be poor by many African-American youth away, but yet I think it really resuscitated itself uh, again in 1968 when Juneteenth received a strong uh, resurgence through the Poor People's March at the time in, uh, to Washington, D.C., that was led by uh, 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 Reverend uh, Ralph Abernathy to call people of all races, creeds, and economic levels and professionals to come to Washington to show support for the poor. So I think many of those who attended the March, uh, Poor People's March to Washington, they returned home and they initiated Juneteenth celebrations, particularly in areas previously absent of such activity. But throughout the 80s and 90s, Juneteenth continued to enjoy a growing interest from the communities and organizations uh, uh, throughout countries. Uh, and uh, particular that uh, in Texas, because, again, Texas was not forgotten, but many see the roots tying back to Texas soil from which all the remaining American slaves were finally granted their freedom. And I don't know if there's too many Juneteenth celebrations in our own state of Mississippi. Now, I know at one time maybe Jackson or possibly Meridian uh, were doing Juneteenth celebrations, but we are uh, the only one on the North Mississippi area that that I know of, probably from DeSoto County, straight down 55 to Tallahatchie and even LaFleur Counties and beyond that Grenada that celebrates Juneteenth. And they have one in Memphis because this is their 27th year. But believe it or not, we have people that who come across the state lines and say, look, I love you guys' festival because we make it very intimate. We, Of course, music is that universal language mm. and then food always is a common denominator for to attract and bringing people together so we have a great headline this year so we're looking for at least 2,000 to 2,500 people to come out through the course of the day because that was just a one-day event whereas most Juneteenth festivals are held or they usually have them the whole weekend or they do a two-day two event of a Saturday and Sunday.
0: Well, Mike, tell us a bit about this music and food. Don't leave us hanging.
5: Ah, well, I'll tell you what, we're going to have everything from barbecue to prono pups to fried hot fish, to, hmm. to pork rinds made Mercy. right there on the premises. We're going to have uh, shaved ice. We're going to have hot dogs, hamburgers. I mean, you know, I'm, I know I'm making you hungry now. <laughs> you are. Right. And, and, and then to talk about I think you guys are just doing a segment on health, and here I am talking about all this food.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't count on Saturday.
5: (laughs) Yeah, doesn't count on Saturday. And plus the fact I forgot to tell the audience, we're taking all the calories out of the food, so eat as much as you want. There
0: you go. That's <laughs> right. So, as as part of your family fun celebration there in Horn Lake, I know you're going to have a you know music, a lot of great food. You do have some kids' activities planned. Is is there a bit of yes. a educational opportunity there?
5: A- absolutely, of course. The, the, the mission of our organization, the North Mississippi Cultural Foundation, is obviously to educate and to acquaint uh, the listening audience to uh, to the. Uh, 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 valuable contributions made by individuals throughout North Mississippi and to encourage community awareness through education, but yet at the same time celebrating the rich cultural history of diverse communities. And we don't want people to think this is just for an African-American event and, and that only. No, we want to celebrate all of the celebrations and be able to have a smorgasbord of people there to come to this event, just like we celebrate Cinco de Mayo. Just like we celebrate St. Patrick's Day, and we want that same uh, excitement and uh, to more or less be there at the Juneteenth Festival. And we encourage people of all uh, walks of life and all genders and all ethnic groups to come because, as I mentioned earlier, uh, the two drawing Things that bring people together is music and food. And there will be things for the kids. We will have balloon bounce. We will have water slides. We will have a game truck in which they actually get on the inside of a game truck, air conditioned, and play all these various games that the kids uh, can do so well. I know I can. I was balls <laughs> trying to hold and operate and look at the visual
0: there we visual go right right well mike we we just have a minute left so please sure. tell people where the event takes place in horn lake and how they can find out more information
5: absolutely of course it's a 5665 uh lane road there in horn lake mississippi this is uh, north of memphis in desoto county it's going to be at Latimer's lake park which is the largest park there in desoto county at the same time there will be uh, 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 baseball games going on. They have like 48 teams across the Mid South region and the Southern states coming there. So it's going to be a full day at Latimer's Lake Park in Horn Lake, Mississippi at 5665 Two Lane Road. And they can call me for additional information. It's 901 481 3968. Once again, 901 481 3968. And then some of the groups, we're going to have the headliners, Karen Wolf Band. We're going to have Dwayne Burnside Band from the Hill Country in in, in Mississippi. We're going to have uh, 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 gospel uh, groups performing. We're going to have R&B. We're going to have King Jr. Blues Band. We're going to have uh, gospel, R&B, soul, pop, rap,
0: <laughs> All right. Thank you. for everybody. That's great, Mike. I really do appreciate you and, and the North Mississippi Cultural Foundation. That's the uh, Juneteenth fun family fun celebration in horn lake this saturday and that's all for today folks really appreciate you tuning in we want to thank all of our guests and listeners our board operator java chapman for steering the ship and helping me along ashley jackson our intern at visit mississippi for her help i'm mary margaret miller asking you to stay tuned southern remedy for women is up next right here on mpb think radio